the collect this morning urges us to prepare for the coming of the Lord. Yet it probably feels to many of us that we've been doing so for weeks. <laughs> and what does it mean to prepare for the Lord, to prepare a place for God? A lot of our preparation for the birth of Jesus brings us frequently to practical planning and commerce. Getting ready for Christmas isn't always dominated by prayer and self-examination. We've even endured that most bizarre of celebrations, Black Friday. I don't even care to guess what strange images that could conjure into the church calendar. But we've come to the brink of Christmas, to the eve of the day of the birth of Jesus. All the readings today, in fact, speak of preparing a place for God. In the reading from the prophet Samuel, David and his advisor Nathan realized that people are housed, but the Ark of the Covenant, the Holy Word, dwells in a tent. And preparations are begun to bring their God into a proper dwelling place, one of the early promises for the building of the temple. And then we hear the beautiful canticle of Mary, where she celebrates being chosen to bear the Son of God and accepts that responsibility to protect and love the Lord. David is to build a holy dwelling, and Mary is to carry and care for the child who is God. And in today's gospel reading from Luke, the ancient miracle is recounted. A young woman is visited by the angel Gabriel and is told that she has been chosen by God to bear the boy who will be the savior of Israel. She mildly protests since she's unmarried, but Gabriel assures her that a powerful spirit will, as the careful translator explains, overshadow her, and she will conceive. There are several things in Christian theology that are truly controversial, and this angelic pronouncement is very near the top of the list. It should be obvious why, obvious why Father Ricardo asked me to preach today. <laughs> We never know the exact words that Gabriel said to Mary. She probably spoke Aramaic, perhaps some Latin. After all, she lived in a province under Roman occupation. Gabriel probably spoke whatever was necessary for any occasion. He was an archangel, after all. Though this passage, in the earliest forms we have, was written in Greek, decades after the event. When our translation reads, I am a virgin, it may or may not be the closest to what Mary might have said. She may have used the word that meant girl or young woman or unmarried girl or several other terms. Custom and scripture insist that she and Joseph were not yet married and her status was clearly one of innocence. But we cannot know, and for many of us who consider Jesus to be the Son of God, however that is meant, the biological science actually seems unimportant. And when gospel writers say Jesus is of David's line, of course, they're speaking of Joseph's ancestor. Mary is told that she has been chosen by God and that this child she will bear will be the Holy One of Israel. This is an astonishingly powerful moment and it is stamped on the hearts of our faith by Mary's exultant song of thanksgiving. 
This incredible encounter between the angel Gabriel and the young Jewish woman Mary is known in the church as the Annunciation. And if you've ever traveled in Italy or Spain, you also know that it must be the most frequently and widely spread subject for paintings from various centuries of Christian history. I lost track during one trip to Italy of how many versions and copies of this encounter between Mary and Gabriel I saw in hotel rooms and lobbies and museums. It gleams forth from the heart of our theology. Two of the most movingly memorable such paintings are Fra Angelico's in Tuscany and the one by Simone Martini in Florence's Uffizi. And we have one on our bulletin this morning. In Martini's masterpiece, the words of the pronouncement float across the painting in gold leaf from the lips of Gabriel to the ears of Mary. They are Latin. Jesus is the promise. He is the son of God. But also, and this is a very significant also, the son of a young Jewish woman, a real girl of flesh and blood. He is conceived in her womb and is to be born in nine months like any baby. And he is presumably to be hungry and helpless and without knowledge or speech like any baby. This is all part of the miracle of the promise. How many of us could have been so purely accepting of God's pronouncement? What an astonishingly challenging assignment. But it is obvious from today's story that God has chosen the right girl. And as we progress through the church year and through the New Testament readings, we find Mary again at crucial moments, clear-headed and loyal, offering the powerful love of a mother. Some parts of Christianity have elevated Mary's status to near divinity. I rather like to think of her as a real woman. If she were more than human from the beginning, the humanity of Jesus could be questioned. If she's a entirely ordinary, she would not have been chosen. So we're left with the welcome dilemma of hearing her sing with spontaneous joy, and we are comforted to know the mother she turns out to be. Finding great happiness, but also having incredible sorrows, but always present at the crucial times of her son's life. We are on the brink of Christmas, the birth of the Anointed One. We are at the beginning. And through this new year, we will learn again and think again of the life of the one who is to be born tonight. And why do we have these stories in the gospel? Stories of a miraculous conception of a girl visited by an angel, of magi reading mysterious astronomical signs, of shepherds hearing and seeing choirs of angels. They help us believe in the love of the creator. They offer us the idea that the creative energy of the universe knows from personal experience what it means to be human. And they bring us into unity with generations of Christians who have in simple and also elaborate ways said, rejoice, don't be afraid. God is with us, a savior is born. So we live this time again. We do it over and over, and it is always new. 
We need to remember that Jesus lived as one of us, that he started out by miracle, but also by reality. I personally believe that Mary had labor pains and that Jesus must have let out a cry. Birth must be a shock for any baby. And I believe that Christmas is ours to live through again, but always with new joy and new hope. A birth is good news. And this birth is the good news. Amen.